on this episode of Optimal Health Uncovered. Probably doesn't hurt you if you have disposable income and you wanted to try it. As long as you're also eating green leafy vegetables, I'm not opposed to it. But there's no research to support that it really has done a lot of the things that uh, they said. Welcome to another episode of Optimal Health Uncovered. Today, we will be tackling the myth of chlorophyll. Or is it actually a myth? We don't know. Just to give you guys some information about myself, I'm one of the new producers on the podcast, and I have a lot of questions. Um, I've heard a lot about chlorophyll as a trend. It starts out on TikTok, and then it goes everywhere. GNC starts selling out. Uh, you can't find chlorophyll everywhere, anywhere. You know, it's it's one of those things that everybody can't stop talking about, but we don't actually know if it has any truth to what people are to the benefits that it, that people are saying that it actually has. So I'm coming here to the resident experts of everything and anything health related, and I want to ask, what exactly is chlorophyll? We got to take a step back because you have to actually introduce yourself and tell the audience who you are. Give us a little bio. <laughs> Uh, so my name's Natalia. I'm one of the marketing coordinators at Performance. So it's been a bit of a wild ride being thrust into a world of health and wellness and just constantly learning more and more. It's a great way to get all this information for basically free. I'm actually getting paid to learn. So that's, awesome. I can't think of a better thing to do. So <laughs> uh, This podcast is, I think, a good way of getting Mike and Todd out of the office and just actually asking them some questions away from you know, them having to jump in between clients and meetings and all of that. And actually just being able to sit down and learn something. So you don't have to chase us out of the room for your answers now. So exactly. Now you so have like the, your questions are now we have to <laughs> She had chased me yesterday. At the, Mike, yeah. Mike, 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 I'm treating the patient. And so we're like, we have 30 seconds for a walk and talk. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I said, you got 30 seconds. What do you got? Out. So now you have all the time. We have all the time in the world. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm always interested about learning more about health and fitness and eating well and, you know, all of that stuff. Well, so. welcome. We're ready for your questions. Awesome. I am not a resident expert on chlorophyll. I will just Nor tell you that. But I am a resident expert <laughs> on researching things that people ask me about because I think that's part of the job. So, exactly. What do you want to know about chlorophyll? Is it a fad? Well, I think I think I can tell you that it's a fad. It wasn't really talked about even a year or two ago. Or I think it was mentioned, but it, w- it never became as prominent as it is now. That's um, very common. I, the first patient I had who actually came in with a Poland Spring uh, gallon jug mm-hmm. that was green was about four years ago. He was ahead of his time. Oh. Wow. Yeah. I don't really know for what purpose. This actually wasn't a patient of mine, which is why I don't know. Cause my first question would be, well, what the hell are you drinking? Um, but his patient of, uh, one like of our, pound, our hand therapists water, at the time. Right? Yeah. No. And it was chlorophyll and it was exceptionally green since then we've had some more research come out and then it, now everybody is kind of talking about it is trending on TikTok. So it's touted for a lot of different things, anything from freshening your breath to more vibrant and radiant skin to GI issues, more energy, uh, cancer inhibiting benefits, right, or protecting benefits. We'll, I guess, dive into whether the research kind of supports that or not. But you'll see it out there a lot. Um, we spend, you know, apparently in the United States, from the article, seven point eight million dollars on chlorophyll supplements alone last year, which is up sixty six percent from the decade earlier. So that was wow. pretty pretty high statistic for something that is new and not necessarily supported. So. When people are saying they want to take chlorophyll, what exactly are they doing? Is it, is it a dietary supplement? Is it only something that you can mix in with water? Um, can you find it in any food? How exactly does that work? Yeah, so you could find it in supplement form. So typically when people say, I want to take 
X, they're talking kind of about the supplement form, but naturally we all take chlorophyll in anytime you have a green leafy vegetable, right? So spinach is, is pretty high in it. Things that have seaweed in it. So if, you know, a lot of Asian cuisine will have it, spirulina, chlorella, anything that's in like some kombucha will have spirulina or chlorella. If it's really green or blue green algae that, that has chlorophyll in it. What else? Arugula has uh, basically green leafies. So right. remember from biology, what do you remember biology? What does chlorophyll do? starts photosynthesis which is what gives plants energy and it's also what makes them green yeah exactly so chlorophyll has been around in the bio setting since we were probably in grade school but now people are ingesting it into their bodies for supplementation purposes so my first thing with any supplement is okay so why would you want to take it and then we kind of bear out some of the research and then two are you getting enough in your diet because supplement as the name implies should be that you're supplementing a normal healthy diet so if they're not eating a lot of green leafy vegetables, fully on board with them taking chlorophyll, but in the form of salads regularly, right? And just adding that more into the diet. My first thought is, you know, it chlorophyll gives plants energy. It's kind of like humans are trying to adapt that for themselves. We just want to eat something that gives us energy or, you know, gives us some sort of benefit. It do, yeah, it doesn't work that way for us, unfortunately. We are not plants <laughs> with mixing with sunlight. Not if we green. just took some chlorophyll and mixed with sunlight and we just grew, then I would be a lot taller than five foot seven, <laughs> I think. So unfortunately, it doesn't work that way for us. But that obviously, if it's good for plants, is it good for us? Yeah, that, that kind of conceptually makes sense. But there's a lot of things that are good for plants that aren't necessarily good for us. So we right. just have to be cautious with it. So I know as a whole, the, it's a safe supplement to take from what most of the research will bear out. It just is a question of, do you, are you just going to be one of the millions and millions of Americans that have really expensive urine, right? Are you just spending money on a supplement <laughs> that doesn't really do anything? And what the research will show is right now, that would be probably a yes category. Not that it doesn't definitively do anything, but that we don't have evidence of proof that it does do anything that it's kind of purported to do. Although Reese Witherspoon, Rosario Dawson, the article kind of quotes a couple of different people. Yeah. Manny Moore put on a Instagram recipe with chlorophyll in it. So it's topical. It's trending. It probably doesn't hurt you if you have disposable income and you wanted to try it. As long as you're also eating green leafy vegetables, I'm not opposed to it. But there's no research to support that it really has done a lot of the things that uh, they said. So one thing will kind of go bit by bit unless you want to go in a different direction. Is that oh, okay? you're good. All right, so like odor fighting properties, that goes back to an article that was published in like the Journal of American Surgery back in like 1947, where it was an army hospital in a time of war that just smelled terrible. There was a lot of open wounds and, and it kind of smelled pretty bad. And apparently there was a chlor, uh, chlorophyll derivative that was used to clean the hospital and it, it made everything smell so much better. So that's kind of where it came out of the odor fighting. And you'll see it in some supplements, mouthwashes, um, deodorants, deodorants, claret gum back in the day. I don't know, Todd, you yeah, yeah, remember claret gum? I just go to you as the resident Thank older you. guy. I hope you don't mind. Uh, but I remember when I was a kid, even uh, it was probably a little after the claret thing, but my parents you know, would chew claret gum. And that's one of the things that it said was basically, I forgot what the actual tagline was, but it was for fighting bad breath, right? And right. Chlorette actually came from chlorophyll, which I didn't know until we did some research for this podcast. So Just there we go. Out today. So we're learning. Great. We're learning as well. <laughs> um, but there, since that time, there's that is just a article that basically was an editorial that said, hey, this potentially made things smell better. But no research since that has really supported that. American Dentist Association or whatever their professional organization doesn't really support that either. And it kind of has come out a couple of times that it doesn't really do a lot or uh, improving breath or the odor of things per se. Yeah, it kind of sounds like you're just adding an extra ingredient to something that already works. Yeah. yeah. So it's is that actually making a difference or is it the actual deodorant base? Right. That's or is it the mint in the gum or the small exactly. amount of chlorophyll? Exactly. Yeah. Pimples and acne or just better skin. Uh, so there's a small study 
published of 24 patients. This was in the Journal of American Academy of Dermatology. So they looked at, this is a well-designed study where they had a, a control, where so they had individuals that got a topical cream with chlorophyll in it, and then they got a cream that was basically a placebo, and they both got phototherapy or light therapy, and there was no difference in the individuals that got the placebo cream versus those that had the chlorophyll cream. So again, didn't necessarily fully disprove it, but in this study, at least that high-quality study, it didn't support the use of chlorophyll for cleaner, healthier more vibrant skin per se. Right. And also, I think this was in one of the articles, but you mentioned that many of these trials with chlorophyll were done on animals, not necessarily humans. And the ones that were done with humans were very minor trials. Maybe they didn't have too many control groups or too many participants. So I think that's also something to keep in mind. Like maybe that's the reason why we don't have any high quality studies actually proving or disproving the positive or negative effects of chlorophyll. Yeah, it's a good point. And a lot of the studies were cellular studies. So it wasn't a live human. It was just right. a human cell inside of a microscope and they kind of studied it that way. So when we're highlighting some of these studies, they're human studies and most of them have said, no, it really doesn't do what we think it does. When we talked about the 7 billion being spent on chlorophyll products, was it, did they break it down, skin products versus other types of products? Did they give you any breakdown on that? Not that I saw. That, that was in the New York science. Times article, so yeah. let's say. Mm, the data comes from Nutrition Business Journal, and it just says on supplements. So those supplements are any, they, what they categorize it as facial cleansers, exfoliants, facial masks. So that's some of it, or probably a good amount of it. Breath fresheners and topical products, and then drinks are actually pill form. And the last thing I think that was, this is the one that I liked the most or the one that would draw me the most to it because so many people die of cancer in this country every every year. Um, so cancer prevention. So there's a double-blinded placebo-controlled trial, so a high quality of evidence. And this was 180 individuals in the study, which is a fairly high sample size. It was done in, I'm going to butcher the name, I would say it's Qidong, China. I'm not sure. Q-I-D-O-N-G. So w when you do it in one area of a specific country, it limits its heterogeneity, right? It doesn't apply to all of us. We just have to kind of say that. So it's a very specific, well-designed study so far, but it's in a very narrow population. But the reason they did it there was there is a toxin called aflatoxin that was prevalent in the drinking water and in the food in that area. And that toxin has been proven to cause cancer at a higher rate. So they had a higher okay. cancer rate due to, uh, and it was a specific cancer, a specific type of liver cancer associated with this. So they then said, okay, is there anything we can do to try to mitigate that? So they did three pills of uh, chlorophyllin, which is the synthetic form of chlorophyll, three pills a day versus placebo for the purpose, because some laboratory studies had shown that it has some antioxidant properties and may actually fight off this toxin, which then leads potentially to cancer. Um, so consumption of these pills, or let's say, I think it was four weeks associated with a 55% reduction in aflatoxin DNA damage, right? So it did limit the damage associated with that toxin. However, the study kind of stopped there. They didn't follow them long-term to see if that then led to less cancer risk. So if you're subject to aflatoxin at a higher rate than other individuals, and really no way to know that except maybe testing your drinking water or if something out there in the media to show that there's been a leak or a chemical spill or something like in this area of China, if that's the case and you want to decrease the load of the toxin that's in your body for the hope that it decreases your cancer risk, then totally take it. That's kind of a, a leap. It's like three derivatives away from saying this is definitive definitive evidence. Um, so again, if you want to take it, it's a fairly natural, safe supplement. Maybe has some cancer prevention based on this one very limited study in this one specific area. Then, and you have some again, you want to spend your money however you want to spend it. That's fine. I'd rather you do that than go spend it on drugs or alcohol. 
but not a lot of evidence as a whole for the support of chlorophyll. So is it a fad or is, um, well, is it a positive fad that's going to be here to stay or not? I, I think more studies will have to be shown to say yeah. that it's going to be anything that I could support right now. I think there's a lot better supplement, whole food choices, et cetera, health exercise equipment that you can spend your money on versus chlorophyll at this time. And that is based on the data. But if you have anecdotal evidence, and there could be some people listening that are just rip-roaring mad right now because they're big chlorophyll supporters, they have anecdotal evidence or something that, that that's powerful as well. So I'm just saying, here's what the research says. And at present, if you're asking me, hey, I haven't started taking it, do you recommend it? I would say probably wait and see until there's more data. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like a lot of these things, uh, these claims at least, that uh, people, proponents of uh, taking chlorophyll say, can be pretty easily fixed through other means like eating well or using mouthwash, washing your teeth, going to a dentist to actually maintain gum and tooth help, uh, using sunscreen to prevent skin damage or using uh, salicylic acid for acne and stuff like that. So I feel like there's answers to these things and it's not just some, chlorophyll isn't a miracle supplement that can fix all of these things at once. I'm sure it has some benefits, but it may not be a catch-all. And with a lot of these type fads or trends, you're people who are eating a standard American diet and not exercising are not also taking chlorophyll. So you have to look at the sample of the people that are touting it and purporting it. Like Reese Witherspoon has a lot of means to be health, be very healthy, very fit, right? Uh, she has a lot of financial means. She probably has a trainer. She probably has a nutritionist, a perfect private shelf, et cetera, right? Well-deserved. She's a great actress. That being said, like that's not the norm. So when you see some of these trends and everyone's like, oh, it's, it's working wonders for me, Unless you're really teasing out, okay, I'm taking everything else out and I'm adding this in. It's kind of just you're throwing a lot of good stuff in an already good pot and it tastes good. Right. right. People who care about their health are probably more likely to be focusing on positive things in all aspects of their lives and then taking additional supplements on, not just focusing on a supplement and then leading a sedentary lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. To your point on the, the study out of China, it's just like that was a good first step. Four weeks, though, short period of time, take that a little bit longer and just yeah. see where that goes because you know, who knows? It may have some traction there and it may, you know, down the road, if someone puts some time and effort into it, show positive results. It was actually, I just unfolded my paper. It was four months, but your, your point still stands because then you have to to track it for four years. And then maybe they're doing that. It just hasn't been published yet. It'd be interesting to see what happens there. All right. Well, I look forward to seeing more research on this and then maybe we can do a follow-up in 10 to 20 years. <laughs> Mike might say I, I won't be around. No, no, I'll be back to bust on him a little bit. All right. Thank you guys. Thank you. All right, good job. And I just want to say, if you guys think, have any other questions about chlorophyll or any other su- uh, supplements or questions about diet, uh, et cetera, feel free to send us an email at podcast at performanceoptimalhealth.com. We'll try to respond or maybe even do another podcast if your question is interesting enough. But yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Thanks.